0: Seekers, explorers, and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lem. Manipulation is a tricky subject because you can be in a situation where you remember something very clearly and you argue a point, and the other party has a totally different perspective of their experience that might have turned, to, uh, turned out to be a mutual experience but at the same time, they may may then feel manipulated. There are other cases where, you know, a bunch of people remember the same thing and one person remembers it completely different, Uh, so you see how this can go on and on. So, clearly, reality is subjective in terms of the person's experience, but at the same time, there are uh, instances where people do intentionally or unintentionally, but subconsciously seek to manipulate others for their own perp- uh, own purposes. So as always, it is a matter of looking within ourselves and see how are we approaching the experience and what are we taking out from it? What is our own experience? and how can we connect with the other party so that neither one of us or neither party ends up in a situation of manipulating or indeed for that matter being manipulated. This kind of reflection I feel is the most important when we're interacting with our children because oftentimes or I would say most of the time we are trying to manipulate our children into doing what we're demanding from them uh, whether that is being for their own good in our own perception or if it's uh, merely for purposes to make our lives easier or the process easier well have a listen and see what you think enjoy you are a manipulator i like to think of myself as an outcome outcome engineer this is from J.R. ward lover eternal so this is kind of it describes very well the whole relationship between manipulator and vi- victim um in the way that you know a manipulator would perceive a situation and perhaps also a way that the victim would perceive the uh situation um so you are a manipulator i like to think of myself as a, an outcome engineer right um so we're, we all perceive our own experiences from our own perspective and when it comes to manipulation i mean the the definition of it is to control or influence a person or situation clever cleverly or unscrupulously um so it really has that intention of wanting to control a situation or a person To kind of one's own desired outcome, right? Um, And it is that illusion of control or controlling that uh, that which we we can't control. When we have this illusion that we can control anything but our words, our thoughts, our actions, then we seek to manipulate the situation to reach the outcome that we're looking for. And uh, we it is that harmful influence that we try to exert on others when we try to manipulate others. and so you always have this the uh, relationship between a perpetrator and a victim, right? Uh, in a manipulative uh, situation. And we can. Oftentimes when we talk about manipulation we don't necessarily talk about you know boss versus subordinate or uh, guru versus worshipper or or you know parent versus child when we're talking about manipulation we often talk about situations where someone is a psychopath a sociopath or narcissist so the, we always assume that to be a, a psychological uh, situation going on like a me- mental deficiency or a psychological or mental uh, condition going on um, but as we will uh, discover in today's conversation there is it's uh, it's more can be more mundane than so so some of the means that people use in manipulation uh for example violence Uh, emotional uh, pressure or emotionality of any kind, sexual manipulation, also situational. And that could be if you're in a power situation, if you don't do as I say, you lose your job, right? So that would be a a situational. Uh, I'm going to put gaslighting in this as a means because it, it does encapsulate... A lot of these different other means but it's it's kind of a, a function all of its own and then we have another one which is uh, can be surprising to some but uh, many others not uh, masking so we put up a false front for example uh, you know a false guru uh, could be kindness someone who's uh, come, uh, come presenting themselves as a savior or a saber um so you know work or kindness can be we are kind to someone just so that that person will do something that we desire them to do uh, so we have a hidden agenda right so when when those kind of positive aspects aren't uh, unconditional then they can turn out to be manipulative and uh so i'm hoping in as we go through here, as you're reflecting on your own situation, we have all been perpetrators and victims at some point, right? Especially if we have been children, which I assume most most of us have, then we have certainly been victims of it. Of it. Because I've, I think there are few parent-child relationships, at least from my generation, I'm, Uh, Gen X, uh, so or earlier, that have not uh, been in that kind of manipulative perpetrator victim situation where a parent will need quiet in the house. So they have an objective, an outcome they need, and they will manipulate the child to achieve that objective. And so it's not about the child's experience it's about the parent's experience it's about what the parent need needs not the child um and so in terms of being a victim we've all experienced that but when we come we go up into our teenage years and we are you know in the throngs of puberty and so forth uh we're perhaps not always acting out of The best interest of other people and we want to have something happen then we can we often end up in that perpetuating or uh, perpetrator decision um and uh i'd be interested to hear if uh, anybody feels they haven't been a perpetrator that'd be a Uh, very interesting to hear and uh, we can pick that apart but uh, I'll be free to admit I've certainly been a perpetrator on uh, many occasions. I'm a parent so (laughs) I'm uh, trying to uh, do better and uh, we'll we'll go into uh, kind of that process as well but uh, so when we're looking at some of the signs or where we can find ourselves in position or situation or positions or situations or uh, where there might be manipulation going on um, we have to constantly look at okay who am i in respect to the other people around me how do they perceive themselves uh, vis-a-vis myself so uh, we can talk about locational advantage. So someone who's trying to take you out of your comfort zone into a locale location where you are at a dis- disadvantage and now you are fully reliant on someone else uh, for your survival or for your safety, right? Now you're in a vulnerable situation and that's that's usually what you have is that the perpetrator will be in a position uh, that you need to depend on the perpetrator for your safety or your uh, well-being or whatever it may be. Now, of course, oftentimes this is a pure illusion, but this is part of the picture that Mm. the victim then also builds up. Uh, We see this very typically in abusive relationships um, and it's only when you come out the other side that you reflect back and you go, "Wow, how could I even have, you know, been in this situation?" Right? Um, we of course have manipulation of facts, so we uh, kind of create a, a reality for someone uh, where. They don't have all the facts, or they have incorrect facts, and now they are manipulated into creating a, a rea- reality construct uh, that is not uh, well. It's not correct. It's not. Uh, it's not using the right facts, as it were, um, using this exaggeration or generalization, and this could be very uh, mundane or simple and. Uh, Keep in mind, this doesn't always have to be a conscious effort of someone, right? It could be subconscious or it could be something that is habitual, something that is, you know, karmic energy from uh, your family. family. That's how you grow up, um, you know, you grow up exaggerating a lot or telling your uh, partner that, oh, you always do this or you always do that. Well, it's probably not reasonable to say that this person always leaves the toilet seat up um and uh, so using those kind of terminologies even though even though they seem mundane, if you do that over the course of twenty years, now you're creating a, a situation where you actually are manipulating the situation right so thinking about how we speak to others actually is very important in this uh, respect as well um cruel humor for sure i'm i i'm a man so i you know and being of gen x i grew up in not as tough as a situation as uh, perhaps boomers and people before guys before me but you know this whole idea of uh, cruel humor that was part part and parcel of growing up, right? Now, some people were more sensitive to it than others. Um, And it wasn't like someone passed a joke, uh, made a cruel joke and then came back and said, oh, sorry about that, are you okay with that? You know, it was the expectation that you always dealt with it or you were always okay with it, right? Um, but using that unintentionally or intentionally um, can then uh, be assigned uh, towards manipulation. Again, gaslighting uh, you know gaslighting is really used to where we start to question our reality we start to question our memories where like someone says, no that's not what you said, you promised you would do this and you go Did I really do that? Eventually, you start believing the narrative that is being uh, fed to you. Uh, So gaslighting is, again, it may not be intentional in the respect that someone sets out a plan or a uh, strategy to gaslight someone. It might just be the way that they are. It might just be the way they, they grew up um so it doesn't necessarily have to have that malicious uh or malicious intent yes but it doesn't need to have that uh, doesn't have to have that kind of strategic element to it uh passive aggression and constant judging so you know someone always telling you that you're doing the wrong thing eventually you stop believing it right even if if it's yourself, so keep in mind that you, when we're talking about victim and perpetrator, it can all be within yourself as well. So your shadow side could be the perpetrator, and your consciousness could be the victim, right? So you telling yourself that you can't do anything right and you're always failing, you know, that's you manipulating yourself, and that's not healthy either um so looking at conditions for manipulations so what, what are the conditions that have to exist for manipulation to even be able to take place the perpetrator has to be able to gain something from it if there is nothing to gain then there is uh no threat or so oftentimes what happens is that the perpetrator is either trying to defend them or it's a defense mechanism it's a coping mechanism of source some sort so that they once they kind of are in control of the situation from their perspective they are gaining something from it if there is nothing to gain they don't need to go down that path of manipulation unless they are uh, there is a mental condition or mental uh, uh, deficiency uh, such as someone who's a narcissist or a sociopath sociopath or a psychopath Um, by the way difference between a psychopath and sociopath psychopaths are born sociopaths are made so you know how to differentiate those two other than that, there's not much difference between their their behaviors. Um, but for someone who's it's just part of their makeup or their habit, or you know, it's it's not necessarily a mental condition. There has to be something in 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 the uh, in there for the perpetuator to gain, and also the victim has to actually give permission for the manipulation to take place. Uh, it might, might sound uh, uh, cruel and uh, uncaring and uh, not very empathetic, but in order to for the perpetrator to actually give, for, uh, be able to follow through with the manipulation, the victim has to feel that If they don't go along with it, or they don't stand up for themselves, the situation or the the results are going to or the experience is going to be worse than going along with it. So that is part of that permission. That is part of the choice that we make uh, when we we are quote unquote allow ourselves to be manipulated. Again, this the choices might be very slim and limited. but that, and it is something that comes on gradually. So we might not even notice it. We might not even realize that we're making the choices or the uh, uh, we're, that we are giving "quote unquote" the permission. It is something that comes on uh, slowly but surely, and before we know it, we're deep into it. When we're in the depth of it, as a victim. We don't realize it. People outside of it can see it, but we don't realize it. And the manipulator, if they are, uh, if they are doing it as a kind of a strategy or uh, malicious intent, they will then control the narrative of the external environment so that, that others can't get to you to show you what's wrong. Or even if they get to you, the narrative that you've been uh, fed and programmed with will be so strong that you will actually defend the situation, right? And so again, doesn't have to be conscious; it could be subconscious. But it's, it there has to be that permission at some point in the process. Now, describing the different uh, uh personnel or the different uh, roles here the perpetrator needs to have this illusion of control or the the now when you are reflecting on yourself and you're kind of doing this self-improvement improvement process you realize that there are only three things that you can control your thoughts your words your actions Once you realize that, then you accept that you can't control anybody else. And therefore, this whole idea of manipulation falls falls away when you are conscious of it. Now, you might come into a triggered situation where you are fully involved in the trigger. Now, you might tell a lie or you might something that is triggering your uh, core wounding. So that lie then becomes part of that manipulative process. Um, so it is this illusion of being able to control the environment outside of you. And that is, uh, is part of the importance because the experience is externalized. It's all about the external experience. It has nothing to do with uh, what's happen- happening on the inside. The importance is your physical safety, your physical or the perceived physical safety. If you're not manipulating someone else, your physical safety is going to be threatened, whether it's your livelihood or it could be, you know, your boss is going to end up in trouble with their boss if you don't do what they say. So you have this um, it could be in a chain as it were the the manipulation kind of perpetuates in the chain as well but it's that the experience is always externalized Uh, once we go inside and we start to experience on the inside there is no manipulation any longer because now we are starting to reflect on our own experiences like even if the manipulation is within ourselves we can now start to say well is it really reasonable for me to say tell myself that I'm always failing? Is that reasonable, right? So you use you, once you start looking inside, you start taking more of a self-reflective view. The idea of manipulation kind of fades away, um, and the control supersedes the potential uh, uh, consequences of action. So this, as we go into... uh, So take take a very simple example here, for example. Um, We tell a lie in a discussion, because not telling the lie, telling the truth might have uncomfortable uh, consequences. But we value the experience of not experiencing that, uh, those consequences. Uh, high, or we, we value not having to experience that higher than uh, uh, the idea or the shame or the guilt of telling the lie. So we make that kind of judgment to say, I'm going to tell a lie. And it's okay for me to tell the lie, because then I don't need to experience this discomfort of what the situation will be if I tell the truth. Now, this is, of course, all based on assumptions, because we don't know what's going to happen if we tell the truth, right? And what happens if we get found out that we told a lie? That's going to have consequences too. But when we're in that triggered situation where we are trying to manipulate the situation, then we are we're so stuck in the wounding, and we kind of revert back to that state of the person that we were when we we uh, kind of got this core wounding or experienced the childhood trauma or whatever it may be. That we're now we don't we don't have the ability to kind of hold ourselves back. so uh, and we're avoiding the like I said before, we're avoiding the experience that would have come from actually act being uh, honest with ourselves and being authentic with ourselves. so it's And it's that position. uh, So the perpetrator is then in that position of power because they're manipulating the situation to their desired outcome. Uh, You can say desired or to their benefit. But is it really to their benefit? Because once that then kind of escalates out of control, because you tell one lie, you need to tell another one, and it escalates out of control, and then you get found out, and your whole world is crashing around you, that's not really to your benefit. So I prefer to say uh, from the perspective of their desired outcome at that particular time. Now, the on the victim side, we also have the avoidance. Same thing. I can stand up for myself and say, nope, I don't agree with that that's not true and but doing that then i there might be consequences to that so i'm avoiding what would actually happen if i stood up for myself by just going along with it so again it's about the external experience and it's avoiding the um the external experience by being the kind of subordinate. So, in psychology, we talk about well, there's a, a, a theory that whenever we go into a, a uh, an interaction with someone else, and this could also be interaction between our consciousness and our shadow, um, but that. Either we go in as equals, or one person is the superior and one is the subordinate. What, if you have a situation where one is the superior and one is subordinate, then you're out of balance. And that could be you know, two friends chatting at a bar. That, that, that dynamic in the relationship can change throughout the evening. So, it could start out that one person is the sub- or, uh, superior and the other one is subordinate. And then kind of they go on equal footing if they're discussing something, something that they're both passionate about or something like that. And then it could switch that the person who was subordinate to begin with now becomes the superior. So, it doesn't necessarily mean that it needs it's a bad thing. Where it becomes bad is when we try to hold that power or hold that uh, position of uh, superiority, because that's when we start to make decisions that is going to want uh, have that achievement in uh, as an outcome that I'm superior to you, um, and. So when we're looking at the victim, it's that it's the the um, lack of understanding of boundaries. Now uh, we did a an episode about a year and a half ago on boundaries, and just very quickly here, when we talk, when I talk about boundaries, I'm not talking about you know uh, don't talk to me that way, you know don't cross my boundaries, because then they'll be held held to pay. Boundaries are something, they're they're dynamic, they're flexible. It's how, it's you understanding who you are and you trusting that you show up in your life and your experiences authentically, right? And that's knowing your boundaries. Uh, you can accept the the situation you're in, but you also know that you have a choice as to whether you stay in a situation, you can choose to change your perception of the situation, or you can ch- uh, choose to try and change uh, the uh, other people's perception of the situation. So when you have that idea of the of your boundaries, then nobody can manipulate you. Because you will always go back to your authentic, authenticity and say, does this resonate? Right? So it's when we when we have poor boundaries, or we don't understand our boundaries, we, we have a tendency to kind of uh, to, to bend to the power of others. Right, we we're not we're not strong enough to stand up for ourselves. And as I said before, we we do have to choose that path. It is we have to give that permission for someone else to uh, manipulate us. Um, and again, it it's not like blaming someone. It's more this is we make that that little permission for someone to hold something over us or to convince us of something that we're not sure about whatever it may be it might be a very small thing and then it builds up from there and eventually can turn into you know full-blown gaslighting situation or what have you but then you will not have noticed the the changes in that process up to that point um so yeah there there is a choice and that it is very important to understand that because when you go when you come out of it the other end and you are looking to actually uh, work through that process being accountable and say you know what I was part of this process that also allows you to forgive yourself and that part of it is very important uh, to be able to heal those wounds and heal that trauma if you if we don't become accountable for our own experiences and how we react to our experiences then we external externalize the experience and then we blame it on someone else and then we don't become the participants in our own experience. So, you know, when I talk to my children, I always say, you know, who, who's the constant in all your experiences? Who's always there? It's you, right? So are you being the best version of yourself? Are you doing your best? And yes, I mean, we always do our best. Might not be the best that we expect from ourselves, but if we, but then we can reflect on that, right? so if if I'm in a situation where I allow someone to uh, manipulate me uh, or manipulate my perception of an experience, then I can reflect on that. It's when we can't reflect on that that we actually end up in this kind of uh, shall we say, downward spiral. And we uh, start going into a deeper um, deeper psychological uh, problem. And at the end of the day, for a lot of people that are end up being victims of manipulation, it comes down to survival. The reason that we allow ourselves to be manipulated is that we need to survive. So it could be, single mother with five children it comes down to survival that they may end up staying in an abusive relationship so even though there, there is this element of permission and choice the choices might be very limited from the perspective of where they are at at that very time and that of course has to be recognized as well but you know it is part of the process. So the looking at the survival perspective, what is it that I need to do to survive and so there, there is there's a lot of it can become very complex once we start to, to uh, try and analyze it and uh, we're gonna try and uh, kind of boil down the essential or the the essences of it a little bit so make it simplify it a little bit
1: hi thank you so much for giving the introduction in terms of the whole topic i mean it brings up a lot of um different thoughts for me mm-hmm. um one thing you just said that um a couple of minutes ago um yeah i think it's really important to for me to learn how to control uh, my responses and my reactions and situations Rather than like we we can only control ourselves technically, isn't it? Like in terms of like when we're trying to control situations, mm-hmm. it's not really um for me anyway productive, and therefore we can only control what we do and what we can do.
0: Well, in you can situation. change the word control to manipulate when we try to manipulate situations so... or. We try to control people we try to manipulate people right control essentially is manipulation
1: yeah i mean in terms of responses and reactions i guess it's all on me in terms of like uh, how i respond or react to a certain situation Mm -hmm. and um people around may do or may say things but you can't really control them do you know do you know what i mean Absolutely. Uh, and what they say or, or is how how my response is and my reaction is. That's something that I'm in control of. So that's something that I tend to try and focus on. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And um, I just had a couple of different thoughts as well. But sorry, I, I think I've just gone blank.
0: <laughs> that's all right. It's all right, Faz. Do you want to come back to it or...
1: I'll see if, <laughs> let me think about it. And uh, um yeah, if something does pop up, I'll, I'll come back to it. Thank you. All
0: right. That's fine. So I wanted to, uh, and actually it was uh, one of our members in the uh, telegram group who suggested the topic of manipulation, but from a parent's point of view uh, or parent's child perspective. And uh, uh, I would like to kind of. Uh, address or approach that and I am certainly not a certified child psychiatrist or therapist or anything like that Uh, I have children myself and that uh, qualifies me to talk on the subject I feel um I have teenage daughters too uh, that's like masters in uh (laughs) raising children Uh, so You know, looking back at my own childhood, yes, I mean, there was a lot of manipulation there in order to make sure that I behaved the way that my parents expected. And, you know, I was definitely a wild child. Uh, I was one of those. So my my mother always said I got my daughters uh, as punishment for for the child I was. And so, yeah, it, and it's, you know, when I look back on it, I, one could go into this whole idea of blaming my parents for, you know, whatever they did, but at the same time, you know, even though I'm five years old and I have limited perspective of the world, there is still the aspect of choice. I choose to believe what they said or I choose to, you know, do this way or whatever it may be, even though my choices are limited, from the perspective of me going back to deal with the manipulative aspect of it, I do need to understand that I was part of it. And I have to kind of go into the present even though it might be a small part of it, I still have to, you know, forgive myself for being part of that process. Forgive myself for perhaps uh, not expressing myself that I could ever express myself one other, uh, another way or whatever it may be, but just taking that moment to recognize that I'm part of the process. Right. and, So now looking at myself as a parent and, you know, take something simple as God, we've been telling our children their entire lives that Santa Claus is real. And then they discover he's not. And suddenly, you know, we've been telling this big lie for all these years and we keep telling our children, don't lie. Right? What kind of a signal are we sending there? Uh, So it's that's not done maliciously, that's done more of creating this mystique and the myth and all of that, and creating the the, uh, kind of mysteriousness around Christmas. And at least for those of uh, Christians around here, or those that grew up Christian or uh, in a Christian tradition. but it's so it, I'm I'm always ambivalent in that process. You know, did we do the right thing, or is that is that actually a bad thing to kind of perpetuate such such a big lie?
2: How can I? Um, mm, there is a a fine line between when you, when you are doing therapy. Or uh, try to 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 help somebody who is in the manipulation process. Yeah. Where is the the little line uh, that ca- I can identify if the pe- if this person is a victim or try to be a victim? Because when you make a uh, therapy, you try to help somebody. Uh, without any bad intention so that mm-hmm. is no manipulation is yep. only try to uh, you don't have any intention for, for for in my case for me i try mm-hmm. to help but mm-hmm. sometimes you have a, a a patient or some people who have a very very strong advance in this kind of manipulation technique because they may many also many many courses online or uh, you know there is a lot of information now in internet so people read a lot and sometimes also if you have a phd or have many studies it's a a little line that you can identify if, if this person is a victim or try to be a victim how now you like a expert can identify identify this little line when somebody have a lot of of, of instruction, you know. Yeah. I have a patient, for example, who have a lot uh, is a PhD, in, in, is an engineer, and he can pass many 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 tests, you know, mm-hmm. psychological tests, and. Uh, it's very clever, so how can you uh, make the, the difference with these kind of people who read a lot and have a lot of information and trying to be a victim?
0: Well, the, it kind of comes back to the masking that I was talking about before. So one one of the means that we can manipulate others is by pretending to be something that we're not. So someone pretending to be a victim to manipulate how you feel about them then they're the perpetrator not the in in that relationship they're the perpetrator not the uh, the victim um uh, so i think a lot of times uh, for example we talk, in uh, psychotherapy we talk about tertiary uh, uh benefits where someone is experiencing a uh, uh, mental challenge, for example, there uh, it might be, you know, eating disorder or it might be depression, whatever it may be.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And if that is going on for a long time, there might they might realize benefits in their uh, uh, being victims of that particular. So, this is then. Uh, or rather in that particular uh, condition, they can then realize certain benefits. So, okay. for example, someone who's, um, and I know from uh, clients I've had that uh, have been long-term illness, for example, or they've been bed mm-hmm. down for a long time. Yeah. And now the tertiary benefits to that might be that they don't have to make an effort to go and socialize or whatever it may be right now once they get or they're healed they now lose that benefit right now they might manipulate the situation to allow them to keep that benefit and again it doesn't need to be uh, it doesn't need to be uh, Malicious, but it is a psychological function uh, that is called the uh, tertiary benefit, as it were. Does that make sense, Carol? Yeah, and
2: um, um, in, in my case, for example, I am I have a, um, I'm therapist, but I, I have a, a, a illness. Okay, so now I think that be a victim. Can be a decision, say stop to be a victim and now I'm going to don't be a victim anymore. You know? So may do you do you, are you agree? Uh, I, th- counts, th- I think, I think it's a, victim,
3: a yeah, a I think it's a fair
0: question to ask, you know, if someone comes to you for help and they perpetuate themselves in the victim's state. Mm-hmm then at some point as a therapist at least you know as a coach and a mentor I I always ask my clients well first before they start I start working with them I always get them to sign off that they are here to do the work and they're here to because they want to change their lives
2: right okay yeah that's right so
0: having that expectation up right up front that and perhaps explore that aspect of victimhood with the client. You know, what what does it mean yeah. to you to be a victim? uh What what? How do you feel about that? And then work work to, towards kind of coming out the other end and start reflecting back and say, oh look, you know, two months ago you were here. Where are we now?
2: Yeah. Right.
4: Okay, thank you. Sure. Hi, Um, thank you, first of all. Very good introduction and good points. Um, For me, I grew up, I know that it's recorded and I take a step in safety. I tell myself it's safe to reveal. I feel I want to reveal some truth about me and speak it out. And thank you for giving me that option. So I grew up in a cult, where manipulation was it wasn't even my parents it was a whole community i grew up under massive manipulation yeah. and as a teenager and young adult i hated it more than anything else i hated lies i hated manipulation i've developed some resistance to that thing and studied that a lot high school i did psychology i chose psychology and counseling and all that in my own journey for you know, healing me first of all, and anyone else. But as we focus, as I choose to focus now on the parenting, because that's the pressing need for me right now, uh, I found I, I went very far to the other end into truth, pure truth, no hiding, no, which probably uh, went, you know. To the other extreme and I, I consider um my parenting along with my husband we have a great unity between us and great communication we're from two different cultures so we brought wealth of openness and all that and then we had four kids of our own two others that we adopted so all together six kids in the in eight years so it's like lots of young kids lots of teenagers all at the same time and each one is extremely unique in their own way. There is no cookie cutter, so to say, upbringing, which is hard as parents because you have to love and go along and support each one when they're sometimes contrary to each other. But we can do it. We do it and all that. But I find that with each one of the children, although they grew up like that and they knew from words to action and all that, how much I hate manipulation, how much I work through brutal truth, speak it all out. Each one of them come to an age and it's different for each one. It's amazing. It's not, I can't say it was all around 13 to 15. It's it's different age and in different ways. It just creeps on them and me and me and my husband, us as
5: parents, that all of a sudden, They're on the defense against our control and manipulation. And every time I have a massive crisis, because first of all, I start doubting myself. Am I unconsciously manipulating them? And then at the same time, we had such bond of openness and and honesty. Why aren't they trusting me? And I, I doubt me. I'm hurt that my child who had been so open and received such openness from me is doubting me and feel unsafe to to, to resist me like that. And it's always heal if I'm patient enough to just remember it is what it is. I still love, no matter where it will go. Right now, it's a mess, but no matter where it'll go, I have to remain loving to me, loving to them and trust. And it's always, but it might take a process of a few years. So right now, my youngest son is 21 years old. And within a few months went into a radical, radical change of anything he ever was and is in huge rebellion and pursuing an area that both psychologically as well as physically is a danger to his life. Hmm. And that puts me in such a crisis because I definitely feel the desire, everything in me is a desire of me and my husband got to stop it, protect our child, his life is in danger and at the same time if i go back to manipulation either as a perpetrator or the victim i'm in a mess i go back to my cultic childhood and all the sickness there so it's constant safety going deep to find my own safety but at the same time speaking to myself i've got to find new ways in truth and honesty i'm allowed as a parent who loves so much to try to save my life, my the child, my child's life. I just don't know how, and this is so painful. But I know from the experience of my other five, it'll all work out in the end as long as there is love. For now, I just don't know how, and I appreciate the ability to speak up and to hear everything here. So thank you.
0: Well, thank you very much for showing up so vulnerable, vulnerably with us, and. Uh, uh for allowing us to share in your story. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, uh, I have daughters, uh, my oldest daughter, who's uh, have a, had a lot of challenges in her uh, life, young life thus far. And a lot of times, I think as parents, we carry the burdens of our children of our, on our shoulders. But I had to come to realization at some point that I have to accept her path as well. She is going to take her path. She may not make the best decisions uh, at the age she is now. But if I start to go in and protect her, it's not because she needs protecting. It's because I am uncomfortable with the path that she's on I can share my opinion but once I start to go in and try to control her destiny or control her path then I start to manipulate then I start to move her in a direction that may not be where she feels that she needs to go at that particular time Uh, and yeah I mean just because you know the plenty of loving parents where the kids have ended up in, you know, situations were dangerous situations with homelessness and drug dependencies and so forth. And I don't necessarily, that's not necessarily something to do with the, the parenting. I think as parents, we are doomed if we do doomed, if we don't, you know, because kids have their own path. They have their own, their own uh, kind of, they have the influences from, well, now it's like social media. God, God help us. <laughs> you know, TikTok and Instagram and uh, all of that. And then you have the uh, social engagement in school and so forth. And it's like my youngest daughter, she's like, Papa, you just don't understand the pressures we're under today. And she's 12 years old, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I. One thing I always try to do rather than going in trying to manipulate because I'm uncomfortable with the choices they make. Yes, if it's choices that I as a parent have to make for them, that's a different, you know, if I, you know, morally, ethically, legally, if there are choices I have to make for them, that's a different matter. But if there are choices that they have an opportunity to learn from their own choices, then I can share my perspective, I can share my experience, but if they still choose to go down a different path, I I have to let them do that. Because that is, you know, I have to let them experience that on their own. Otherwise I become an enabler, I become the kind of the uh the one holding the strings and that's not going to help them as they go out into life on their own um so yeah it, it is always a difficult situation and it's never easy to look into any individual situation i can only share my own experiences um and yes uh, you know if my my children found themselves in you know Physical and mental harm, then uh, you know, I would do what I could to help save them out of it, uh, for sure. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, I think also, again, going back to the, we're doomed if we do, doomed if we if we don't. You know, we do bring the karmic energies from our own experiences into how we raise our children, whether that being. Uh, Uh, conscious or subconscious Uh, and that's where if we can uh, break the cycle and heal ourselves then we can show up as the optimal versions of ourselves in any relationships or in any interactions that we have Um, and that's, that's an ongoing process, that doesn't happen overnight so kind of pursuing that that will then give our children better opportunity for them to start working on themselves earlier, and then perhaps they can break part of the cycle. It's and then that kind of goes down to the next generation.
6: Yeah, I was um, uh, I was listening to um, to this, um, and I, it, it was touching. Of course, when you're a mother of kids, and I myself I have three daughters, and I'm uh, raising my ch- children on my own. So know how difficult it is um but um what i wanted to say is the one because i had this challenge with my 17 years old that is no more with me now because i sent her somewhere else uh so we could find uh, make peace and now we made peace with with each other actually because i sent her it was very difficult uh, for me to send her somewhere else but i i didn't have any other choice because She was not listening to me at all. So we made some compromises. And then uh, I discovered actually that very, very important for us, maybe mothers more even than for fathers, because we have this connection with the child that is very strong and want to protect them, that um, we, we have always to make, give them a sign that we are always there i will always be there if you want to talk to me i am ready to listen to you but without pressurizing or without putting any pressure that means you are responsible for your life but i want you to know that if you you have anything there is no taboo you can talk with me to me and this isn't a protect you know i am i mean if you talk to me if you want to open up i am here for you. Uh, if you're you know, as a teenager or as a grown-up it's that's not important you know Um, because I made you told us a a little bit about your situation Christopher with your parents and I had another very different situation with my parents they were not manipulating me (laughs) maybe I I wish they did but um, they were actually my mother was kind of treating me like her best friend you know I was her best friend not like her daughter so I was longing actually for a, a yeah, a little bit more like look. Um, uh, yeah, it could like have been to... a
0: part of the manipulation, though, to because she wanted to, to have have you as a best friend and not your daughter, kind of thing. So
3: yeah,
6: yeah, you
3: know.
6: that's right, that's right. It's that that's that's true too. But I mean, in my case now, I see it as um, I was actually longing to uh, for for more like listening listen to me mother I need you as a mother not as a friend you know I need you when I had my problems I was 18 19 years old I had huge problems myself and I needed someone to talk to and I could not talk to my mother because she was always busy so I mean us as a as parents maybe just to remind them that I am here I am here not because I'm because you belong to me, because our children don't—they don't belong to us—and we have to realize that they are not our belongings. They don't belong to us; they are under our responsibility as long as they are living under a roof and they are not adults. I feel responsible for my children, but um, even there, we have to teach them how to take responsibility step by step. You know, so that's difficult because. They have social media, they have school, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And um, that's huge pressure. But the thing is, too, that um, listening is a very important and letting go. Because we have, as parents, always kind of, my daughter will be this, or or maybe oh, I see something my daughter or in my son, or I see something, you know. Maybe they don't realize or we don't realize how how much pressure it can be on them then when we project something on our children and we do it every day we project on our actually every family members because uh, the family members are they are playing a huge role when you're living on the same roof you project every time you project on your wife on your husband on your brother mother and and so on so we project and we have to learn actually not to project anymore to just accept the other as he is or as she is so in this case if he wants to do some experiences and you are scared that you're gonna lose him yeah just let go first of this fear of losing him just let go of this fear because he feels that you are afraid and scared so maybe let go of this first like meditate pray a lot be patient and be like you know just trust the whole process. Just trust it. That say that no, this boy he's not gonna lose himself. It's just an experience he's going through, and it's he's gonna be fine, mm-hmm. and he can feel this, on an uh, because everything is energy actually. If you consider everything in terms of energy, it becomes easy to grasp and understand. And think then we are out of this manipulation and control, if we are, if we realize that everything is energy, and we just let go of this, and we are. Ourselves responsible in this moment, because if we are scared, afraid, um, um, oh, I'm, I'm really scared because he's going this path, and it's very a, a dark path, then he can feel it too. So we have to send lots of love and light through prayer, through meditation, through self-discipline. We have to self-discipline ourselves constantly as parents and as partners and as yeah part of this community, you know so it's that's the the thing that i want to share uh, about what she told us about her experience with her kids and manipulation and so on
0: um, thank you sora okay. yeah i think that you touch on the uh, the key asp- uh, one of the key aspects there that i was uh, sharing at the beginning of the talk it is that fear it's the fear that drives us to manipulate so And if we look at, uh, as you say, uh, look at things uh, in terms of energy and vibration, fear has a very low vibration. And once we're in that low vibration, it is very easy to succumb to the need and uh, to control and manipulate the situation. Because the fear is so uncomfortable that we wanted to disappear and the only way we know how to do that is by manipulating our external experience to remove the fear or remove the threats that causes us to fear but that fear is is always rooted in core wounding of some sort it's uh some uh trauma that we experienced as a child or perhaps uh you know adults or we might have ptsd of some sort Once we can release ourselves of that, then we're not going to respond from that perspective anymore. We're not going to have that fear. So as you say, we can only take responsibility for how we show up. We can only take responsibility for showing up as the best version of ourselves. And that means increasing increasing our uh, frequency and our energy moving into love, compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and so forth. Uh, And so if we can accept the situation, then we don't need to manipulate it because we accept whatever outcome there's going to be. Even if it's going to be uncomfortable for ourselves, we accept it. And that way we can then move into... Uh provide a, a better support because now we can also sit with someone who is suffering without having to turn the light on. We can just hold that space for them and let them experience what they need to experience because now we are allowing ourselves to be empathetic. All right? So manipulation is you know, it's the, the, the metaphor of, or I think it's actually uh, Brene Brown that uses the uh, metaphor that, you know, you see someone sitting in a dark room, and the first thing you want to do when you go into that room is turn on the light. But they're, they're in that experience, and they want to be in that experience at that very moment. So showing empathy to them is to go in and sit with them in the dark room. But for a lot of people, that's uncomfortable because there's that fear of the dark room. So the first thing we want to do is turn on the light. But it's not our experience, it's someone else's experience. So we don't need to manipulate the situation by turning on the light. We can allow and accept the experience for what it is. And yeah, I was, as a parent, you want the best for your children and you know there. um there's so many situations throughout the day that you know you you know i might have one of my daughters come with uh, with a problem uh, to me with a problem and i try to help them solve it at the end of it they're like i didn't need you to solve it i just need you to listen to me I, and then it's me manipulating my position as the father as the as the uh, you know someone with experience the 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 white uh, the one with the wisdom and therefore they should do as i say, but that's not at all why they came to me they just wanted to share and i mean I know this is a, a female male issue as well <laughs> and trying to fix things and women are far better at uh, just listening so Uh, So yeah, it's it is just such small things, and we try to we do things out of the kindness of our hearts. But then we have to question ourselves and say, is this really for the other person's benefit, or is it for me to not experience the uh, something I don't want to experience?
3: Hi, I really appreciate this conversation, and it was very important for me to hear other people like histories like i'm experiencing something with my father um it's very hard because my i have the core value of taking care of my elders Mm -hmm. um but i just realized that it's very hard when a person that you love is is willing to harm himself very badly just to manipulate you through guilt Mm -hmm. and even though I can like recognize that in friends or co-workers when it's a pattern or a children in the case that other people were talking about, it's really hard because you cannot divorce the pattern or take distance from that. But on the other hand, sometimes the situation can get so ugly that it harms you at a very dark level too. So I I was reaching that point that it's really like I was going down. And I'm just sharing just in case this helps someone like and wow, I'm I have to take distance of this of my father. Like I'm in the moment where if I don't take this distance, I won't be able to handle this and I won't be able to continue being the person that I want to be. Like mm-hmm. a functional happy person who contribute to my family to my so it's a very sad and hard situation because even though I, I'm a, I, I'm a firm believer believer that everybody's responsible of their own action, I live out of that. Like I'm responsible of my decisions. But when someone you love is taking so badly decision, life risking decisions, it's really like wow.
0: So once you stop breaking it down, at the end of the day, it's a question of what am I able to accept in that kind of a dynamic can i stay in that relationship and just refrain myself or refrain myself from the manipulation or do i have to remove myself completely you know what is the best for me and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day so uh, yeah your story resonates with me deeply Tatiana.
3: Thank you, and thank you for this is what this is very important for me as always. Like I love this
1: conversation.
0: <laughs> Good luck to everybody
1: with. Me. Thank you, Tatiana. Hi, yes. Um what came to mind was basically in terms of like the 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 older generation, I've kind of come to kind of see in like my parents and then grandparents. Um whereby there's a lot of like the awareness just isn't there Mm -hmm. the awareness of actions are just not there they're not seen as like oh my god that's manipulation because they've probably grew around that a lot in their childhood and saw that and they just never knew anything else or anything better and that's the only thing they knew and therefore they're coming at it in a way where like as so though it's not anything damaging. In their minds, it's just natural, normal. It's just how things are done, yeah. right? Yeah, and therefore, when you do when 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 you do point it out for them, it's like a whole new planet, a whole new um, concept where it's like, what, like, like that? Does that even exist? Kind of thing. And then you kind of wonder whether you're living on the same planet. Um, but <laughs> because then people aren't meeting eye to eye, you know, and the understanding isn't there. And because the consciousness and awareness isn't there. And the, I've also found where there's been like stubbornness in terms of like not wanting to even understand it in a sense where it's like, oh, okay. Um not even wanting to understand it or 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 when they have tried to understand they just haven't resonated with it or just never understood it and for me it's like okay this is the stopping point where it's like okay it's not being understood anyway and it's it's you know um it's not obviously in my control anyway anyway because um you can only explain so much
0: well i think i think a lot of times When when you confront someone, especially when there is this expectation of superior and subordinate relationship as a grandparent and a grandchild, if you confront a grandparent, I think there's partly that shock that, oh, I'm being confronted by someone who's supposed to be uh, subordinate to me. And what you might, what you're confronting them might be shattering their entire reality construct, Mm. right? So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that play into that, and then it's of course up to them to react in a way that they know best how to. If if that if in, in in fact is something that is kind of Shattering their world perception, then they'll sink to their lowest level of, uh, of preparedness, which oftentimes is to lash out and get angry, and you know, reprimand or whatever it may be. And that, then they go into that because now they are fearful because now their their reality construct is deconstructing. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they are part of what they believed is threatened with extinction and therefore they are now going into a fear state of it becomes metaphorically life or death right
1: yeah like or flight
0: yeah so now suddenly they go into a state where they're defending their life as it were right
1: yeah it's 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 a concept where I've tried to kind of get my head around but obviously it's not I'm not gonna waste my energy over it you know there's only so much um conversations that can be had
3: yeah
1: um and um yeah and I also feel um after a certain age I don't know if it's like well, in women, the hormone estrogen reduction that happens massively that affects like the the um, memory
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, because tend to get brain fog, etc. We're premenopausal, menopausal, and after menopause, right. uh, due to the estrogen reduction. And I've noticed um, changes in thought process and perceptions and reactions and responses to situations differ massively to what they were before. Um, And then it comes across as though, like it's uh, gaslighting, but in actual fact, the memory has been affected. Yeah. So I think sometimes it's also important to differentiate that as well as, yeah, because sometimes, at the beginning it comes across as though like it's you're being gaslighted
0: they think you're doing it to them because you're they remember it a certain way and you are now trying to com- convince them that no it actually was this way right
1: yeah so then there, that there's that confusion there as well before the real diagnosis but reality oh. is oestrogen definitely low very very low oestrogen pre-menopause, during menopause, and after menopause, specifically after menopause, elderly, um, very affected, and therefore, p- family and loved ones are just constantly thinking they're being gaslighted, and like you said, the opposite, and
0: mm-hmm. it,
1: it causes a lot of friction, and then a lot of ruptures in in the family structure.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I never contemplated that actually. Uh, that's an interesting yeah. perspective. So appreciate that. Thank you, Faz.
1: Yeah, I mean, in men, it's, the, it's testosterone levels that go massively low. Um, yeah. um, uh, I don't know if there's a connection between testosterone and brain fog or brain memory. but oh, it's for sure. And, for sure. Yeah. But so it, I, start, I started bad. going
0: to the gym more. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: yeah, And, yeah, so definitely.
0: Testosterone levels up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that then, yeah, that causes a lot of comfort in family yeah. structures and uh, relationships. It really yeah. does. No, Especially that's a, that's
0: an interesting. and yes, we we do have to and I uh, in a minute or in a couple of ten minutes here, we'll go into kind of some of the uh, how we can avoid it. And I think a lot of that process is, is about being having the self-awareness or the ability to self-reflect. Uh, so if if I'm in a situation where, like you were saying, Faz, if someone has Alzheimer's, for example, it's having compassion for their experience. I know what's my truth, and it's not really important whether my truth becomes someone else's truth. So if that person has to exist with a different type of truth or a different type of memory, that's fine, right? I don't, they don't need to be on the same path. I'm happy for them to believe what they need to believe, right? So it's it's just having that level of compassion and uh, empathy for someone else's experience.
6: Yeah, what, what um, amazes me about manipulation, I mean, I met uh, some really, I had some experiences with some uh, persons who were really manipulating, but I did not realize it. Um, yeah. Uh, from the very beginning, because when we are talking about energy, these people who are manipulating—even when we are doing it—I'm not do- saying that I never did that in my life, because it oh, won't we, be alive. we've and, all
0: we've all been perpetuating uh, perpetrators and
6: victims. So, yeah, if we if we just um, if you just reflect on that, maybe you uh, you saw it too. Uh, manipulation can be very sweet. We have this energy where actually. This person gives us a feeling that we are amazing, that we are some, someone special. Uh, we oh. feel special in, in, oh. in the presence of this person. And I had, I actually, I, <laughs> I was myself completely uh, actually convinced that this person uh, at a certain point was convincing me that lying is good and healthy. You know, this one person that I have in mind was actually constantly lying he was lying to his family members to his friends and so on and when i sometimes when someday i confronted him with this he said to me that actually you know it is because i have to protect people i have to protect myself i have to protect others and that's why lying actually is a must and I was shocked that he was actually so deeply involved in, in lying that it was kind of a part of his life and his mm-hmm. whole life was actually, the fundament of his life was actually this. And when I told him, I confronted him with this, he said that actually it was okay. And when I started to unleash the whole thing and I started to, I was Actually, I was not convinced. And uh, I, I said, no, we have to tell the truth. We have to be with the truth because it's the only way to become a better person and to actually to how to meet yourself, who I am in the core. I don't know it. Maybe, you know, I have to make some experiences and go through life. Is going through truth. This process is not easy, but we have to try it. We have to take the risk to be truthful. And when I started to do that, actually, it was very, very angry at me. And he was so angry that he was kind of saying, look, you are destroying my life. So these people, I'm saying just that this manipulation is kind of very sweet. And the first impression that we have of these people, maybe sometimes, is that they are amazing people. They are maybe very handsome people. They are very nice people and polite. But actually, when you, you live with them or you, you actually you learn to, to know them better, you feel like there is something wrong here there is like a worm in the apple it's not possible that it has something wrong and that's what i wanted to say that's that energy of fear when we carry it actually maybe we attract sometimes these people because we feel protected in that it's not actually it's just a Fata Morgana, you know no. and i had to, yeah so this is a very a very very um Because we, it's not like just bitter. It can be very sweet, and it has consequences. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and uh, it goes back to what I was saying before that, uh, and it's part of that masking or the you know putting on a false front. Uh, So, for example, you can have a guru or a spiritual leader or some sort that uh, presents themselves uh, in. In a certain manner, and builds up this huge following, and then you know, they t- it turns out that and this is you know typical uh, you know cult situation uh, where once you then get on the inside and you're quote unquote hooked, that's when things start changing. They start uh, being different, right? Or the the uh, Experience starts to be different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, someone who's kind with an ulterior ulterior motive, yeah, then uh, it's it's a good a good ride while it lasts. But uh, then, when you're hooked, then uh, uh, then you're really hooked yeah, <laughs> then it goes downhill. You're really, so.
6: really hooked because so, you give these people an excuse. You always give yeah. them an excuse because it yeah. is not possible that the people that is so sweet. Yeah, I can be so bad or doing things like this, you know, so you feel you are like giving them excuses first. And then with the time going by, you feel that actually, no, that's what you said. It's it's part of the process. You have to learn yourself, your own boundaries to recognize this. And maybe you can recognize this through certain persons, certain situations. Uh You learn about your boundaries because then you see, oh, my God. I could be this person. I actually, I, I am myself. I could manipulate. I could lie to myself to this degree. And yeah. he's showing me this right now. So I am thankful for this experience, but I had to actually cut it completely, not to have, because you cannot even have a friendship with a person like this. Because
3: yeah.
6: when everything is based on lies, you cannot trust this person anymore, even for little things, you know? So well, that's absolutely. The, the danger, too. These people are very, very isolated. I think they are maybe the most unhappy people, because they, I don't think that they can have actually a true friendship or a true, yeah. you know, that, that's...
0: Well, and it, it, I'm going to, I'll, I'll bet the pl- uh, pretty sum that this person that you're talking about has at some point in their childhood learned that the only way they can survive is by lying. Yeah. yeah. And therefore they've built in this process and this habit uh of lying in their life or or their uh, you know they they are suffering from sociopathy uh mm-hmm. or something like that um because then it becomes the uh, this justification for their behavior, and you know he obviously come up with a very good explanation there, you know, I need to lie to protect people, but then. At this end of the day, from my perspective, like when I was talking about my daughter before, I have to let her have her path. I have to let other people have their paths. I, if I involve, involve myself in their karma, I'm going to take it on myself. So if I like someone to protect them, I actually take on their karma by lying. So it's a good good thing you, uh, you uh, kind of discovered that Zora. So good. Good for you to stand up for yourself, Nikolay. It was a
6: true challenge. It's, it's a true challenge to have to deal with. Oh sure, things. sure. Boundaries <laughs> a true are def-
0: Boundaries are challenging to uh, uphold. So,
7: hello everyone. I want to share a pretty, pretty interesting uh, manipulation episode I had with my my dad when I was uh, I just finished the high school, and uh, he was pushing me to go to university to become an electrician on the ship because. Right. They, you, you can earn a lot of money and you will have an easy life and whatever. But uh, I didn't feel that I want to do this. And uh, first year I was okay. Then I didn't pass some exams on the second year, on the third year, the same, until a point when uh, I realized that's really stressing me out and distracted me from uh, everything I just wanted to do. And I, I realized I just want, wasn't happy. And then uh, it's been about, I think... Eight years, seven, eight years that me and my dad always arguing. I don't think I had with him a conversation longer than five minutes without starting a fight, a fight, whatever, I arguing. And uh, it took me these years and I did some uh, some study. i always been fascinated about psychology and I've been through some um, NLP courses and stuff like that with trauma, healing and um, something in this field. And then I realized my dad wanted me to have the life that he always wanted to have but he couldn't do it because his parents were old and sick and he he has to look after them Mm -hmm. and uh i i sentenced him to um to don't talk with him i said yeah you're, you're not loving me you're not a loving father and you've always been you always wanted me to do things that you you don't think if i'm happy you would you just want me to do without questioning me and see what i feel and um i found out all i had to do is just to speak with him i said dad look i don't like to do that i'm not inclined to do this i'm not happy this is what i want to do this is what i want to do this and that and now uh, i'm doing I'm, i'm in the process of becoming a coach with the trauma healing, and uh, I started to to write my book from uh, August, and I'm I'm going on this path that makes me very very happy. And today, just I'm I'm happy we had I I had this uh, opportunity to get on uh, on this session live with you because I just subscribed, i just become a membership, uh, uh, and I I just found this one. I think the universe just pulled me into this uh, session. So there are no there, share, are no there are no coincidences.
0: No coincidences, yeah, nah. Nikolai. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, good and, for you, Nikolai. Uh, I realized. Well done, good yeah, for you. I realized
7: that the, the pain of my father was uh, more painful, that the trauma of my father was more painful than I, I was experiencing. So I stopped judging him and condemned him, and I realized that uh, I have to forgive him, you know, and I understand. From his yeah.
0: point of view. Yeah, and I mean from that perspective, you know, and uh, this this is age old, you know, parents try to push yeah. you into a certain career, and it's because they want you to do better than they did, or they want you to be safe, or they want you to have a good job so that you can make money to live a life the life that they weren't able to live. Now, when we react to that. And this is where the interesting dynamic can come about, reacting to <clears> that by getting angry and lashing out at them and blaming them for s- certain things. That could be us trying to manipulate them to see our side of the story without going the, down the route that you're now realizing, Nikolai. Nikolai, of, you know what, I just need to sit down and tell my truth. I just need to be authentically me exactly. And, and whether they accept that or not doesn't matter if i'm being authentic yeah. that's all i can do then it's up to them it's their choice if they accept it or not then you take the neutral position and you're not trying to manipulating them into any type of uh, decision as it were so yes we we can the the victim perpetrator roles can uh, switch back and forth very quickly. So uh, and you can actually be
7: uh, yeah the thing... both
0: both both be the manipulators at the same time where you're trying to manipulate the other person to see your side.
7: Exactly, this is what I wanted to say. Because sometimes he was telling me, "Do you know how hard I work for this money to pay for your university and this and that?" And I was going like. Oh, look, I'm just going to pay for my university myself. I don't need your money to tell me about this the the rest of my life. So I was paying the last year, and then I said at the point, Father, look, this and that. That's it. No more. And we, we both understand. And from that moment, we are spot on. We don't look like we are father and son. We just look like best friends.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Well done to you, Nikolai. I appreciate that. That's Thanks. wonderful. Well done. Uh, we Thanks. actually had, had a question just a quick question here in the uh, chat: uh, If ghosting is another form of manipulation, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it's a, a form of manipulation because you're 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 trying to trying to get them to respond or to you, you're trying to evoke a certain emotion within someone by ghosting them, and then to create a reaction. So, yes, I would definitely say that ghosting is a form of uh, manipulation.
8: I guess I, I know we all have our own experiences and our own. Now, ghosting to me is when you just stop communicating with somebody, right? Yes. Okay.
0: Without so... giving any reason or just, you just, kind of suddenly ceased to communicate yes
8: okay because like i had to stop communicating with my my mother therefore my father wouldn't speak to me which was completely fine mm-hmm. and i i cut my two sisters out of my life right now it wasn't but they, but they just- know why that is Yes because yeah, that's, they not hate me, so... that's not ghosting. That's not ghosting. Okay, good. Yeah, because it was a, like it was a conscious choice for me to cut yeah. these people out of my life in order for me to survive.
3: Yeah.
8: So, um I I I have and I didn't quite understand the part about after the menopause.
0: So what Faz was talking about was the Uh, changes in estrogen levels within uh, uh, for women once they uh, go through perimenopause, menopause, and then postmenopause.
8: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to understand that better because I had um, all my female organs removed when I was 27 due to cancer. And I don't feel that um, that, part for me was true. Maybe it's because of a different situation, not going through it naturally, just getting everything taken out in one shot. So maybe you know it it it's different that way.
3: Yeah. Um,
8: be. Yeah, because I know like I didn't um it, it didn't change anything in, in, in my life at that point, except for, you know, I gained 50 pounds because um, they say that your body goes into shock when you when you lose a part of your body.
3: Uh-huh. And
8: you're, so my body went into shock and I gained 50 pounds that I could never lose because of that, because they explained that um, your body is retaliating. I said, okay, well, whatever. I was just w- wish it would retaliate by losing 50 pounds you know instead of gaining but um i find it the 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 whole part of you know our journey with life and um, connecting or not connecting or ghosting i think it's so individually driven you know, like all of us, we have our own reasons for for, for doing things. And um, so I, I always get a bit, um, I don't know, because, I, okay, I, I grew up thinking that I was useless and worth nothing. And I wasn't, because I knew I wasn't wanted, I was told all the time. But then as we I get older, and then people say, well normal life normal 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 well what is normal life you know what is yeah so my in in my brain my normality is one thing and in someone else's it's completely different Uh so I, I I don't know that when it comes to um maybe my brain's gone off too far in the left direction but I think that Maybe when it comes to um, analyzing um, things and uh, for, like, you know, to make, and um, you know, uh, God, how do I say this without looking like I'm coming off to being rude because I'm not. I always accept everybody's opinion and I'm very open to everybody's opinion. I just find that when we start to make... Um, general opinions on anything, whether they say it's science-based or not. Sometimes I don't think that they can do that. Does that make any sense? Because every single one of us has our own journey. And when we get to labeling things and putting things into category according to this and that and the other thing. To, I find that very um, strange, because mm-hmm. I don't believe we can, nobody can understand another person completely, because they don't live inside their body, and they've never, you know, that saying walked a mile in your shoes, Absolutely. so even when science comes together, and they say, oh, we can prove this by this, and we can prove that by that, I don't, like that for like for myself i don't i don't have any connection of belief with that because i don't everybody as you're going through life you develop your own everything is going through your brain through your experiences and in your filters so you people put um categorize things in a certain way according to what they see in their own mind. And and that's the part that I have trouble with. If you could get a bunch of scientists in a room and they come out with this um, thing that says, okay, this is normal. This is not normal. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. But how can they actually prove that if they're not in each individual person's mind? And they're making these assumptions over what, as a group of the time, oh, well, I think this and I think that. Okay, well, I'll agree with you because of this, but where is the actual, you know, ability to say these things if they weren't in, you know, if you get a... Do you understand what I'm trying to say?
0: Absolutely, and I think it... and does bring up an interesting perspective it's once we take it out or uh, this idea of manipulation between two people or even within yourself and you take you kind of bring it up to more of a you know, collective consciousness level you have religious experiences you know mm-hmm. all these different religions they're all saying that my god is the right god well they're all having their own individual experiences and they we're all just trying to manipulate each other to consider what I'm experiencing to be the normal so therefore if I have you know say if I have a million people that follow kind of the way I do things then I'm convinced that what I'm doing is normal uh, but there's, uh, you know, eight billion other people that are doing it a completely different way. They're saying then that what they're doing is normal, and what I'm doing is not normal. So we, it's that this constant tug of war, right? Uh, yeah. So, so if you, I, I kind of, from that perspective, even though you know science has a different uh, entry point, from the perspective of manipulation or the the discussion of manipulation you know you have governments you have uh, you know religious figures spiritual figures you have scientists it's all this is how we have either if you take someone who's coming from a religious figure this is how it's uh, been done traditionally in our religion therefore that you need to follow this and you need to do this and this and this in order to be forgiven your sins or whatever it may be. Coming, And then you have the scientist who comes in and says, we have proof that this is the way it is. And uh, if you have a different experience, you're wrong because this is the science. Right? So, and the government come, uh, comes in and says, everybody has to do this because this is what we've decided. And we are elected officials and this is a democracy. Even though you know you elected them four years ago, and what they're doing now you don't agree with, but still the excuse is you elected me, so therefore I can do this to you, right? So here's yeah. the so yes, it, it is part of that process of uh, manipulation, and yes, fast influence is part of that is a means of manipulation because you have that idea of power and it goes back to what I was saying before you have the in order to be a perpetrator you need to either seek yourself to be in or be in a position of power over someone else and now if you can uphold or to recognize your boundaries uh, you can be in a situation where uh, like Zora was saying before you can say No, I don't agree with that. This is not my experience. My experience is this. And I don't care what experience or what what proof you have or what experience you had. This is my experience. And I'm going to trust that.
3: Mm.
0: Now, everybody else might disagree with you. But that doesn't matter because it's your experience. But that, that also goes the other way. If I think that someone is doing some, if someone is uh, die hard on the science, that's their experience.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I have to accept that. If I yeah. don't accept that, then I become the perpetrator. And I try to manipulate them to say that, no, you shouldn't trust the science. You should trust your own experience. Then I become the manipulator.
8: Okay, I understand that. Yeah, better now. Because I know that, like, I I try to be very, very, very open. And, you know, I want to hear everybody's point of view. And I want to learn everybody's culture and language and experiences. And I I try really hard not to categorize people or label people, because I don't want to put my views onto somebody else. I, I, I try to be open. And that's why I find that, like, um, it, it, it. I don't don't know if we can ever truly get away from being manipulated by everybody or any or anybody. Do you understand? Well,
0: if we, if we suddenly had a situation where, uh, how many people are on the planet now? Eight billion people on the planet. Everybody suddenly de- decided, you know what. I'm going to trust my own experience. Then suddenly all manipulation would be gone. Mm. Because if I trust my own experience, I don't need anybody else to tell me what experience I'm supposed to be having because I only trust my own experience. And I wouldn't be manipulating anybody else because I know they're going to trust their own experience. So therefore I can't be the manipulator because there is nothing to, for me to manipulate right yeah so it's and uh, i can't remember who said this but someone said if you want to kind of pull it with, uh, you know really look closely at it closely at it if you have an opinion about anything that is judgment yes so if i say to or you know Someone has a green dress on, and I say, oh, that's a beautiful dress. I'm being judgmental, even though it's it's portrayed as being positive. It's portrayed as being uh, something that is to their benefit. But perhaps this person doesn't like the attention of getting a compliment. Right?
8: Okay. Yeah.
0: So now I am manipulating them to believe or to to feel good about me commenting on their beautiful green dress because i'm voicing my opinion i'm voicing my experience about them
8: yes so it, it so because it i guess it would be very hard to compliment a person on a dress that you're not trying to make an opinion about them that you're just making a comment about the object but not about them
0: yeah and if so. they're having a different type of experience it's for them to have that experience yes I don't need to have an opinion about it
8: yes okay yes
0: I just accept their, their experience uh, at, uh, in blanco as it is on face value
8: yeah. Yeah, I guess it's it's the, like just, like manipulation is such a very hard thing. Because it really be the
0: very smallest thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is, you know, if you go back to the four agreements, if I assume that that person is going to be grateful for my comment, Then I'm assuming something about the person I have no idea about. Yes. You know, 99% of people would probably say, Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I really feel good in this green dress. But this one person doesn't feel that way. Right?
8: Yes. There's really no way of getting away from manipulation then.
0: There is. Uh, but I don't think it's uh, feasible for us to do it in our lifetime, perhaps, but <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah how how do at the end of the day, how do we get away from judgments? how do how do we get away from having opinions?
8: Yeah, or I guess if we kept our all our opinions to ourselves and never voiced anything, then I wonder what or how society would. Label or judge us into a different kind of manipulation.
0: Sure, yeah. So there's always going to have to be that balance. Uh, now, this person I'm complimenting on the green dress could then convey to me and say, "You know what? Actually, I don't, I don't, I don't like compliments." Now I'm learning something, and then I can yes. say, "Oh." Of course, I I made the assumption that you you w- would appreciate a compliment because most people would. But I see you experience, I understand where you're coming from, and I apologize. Now I've learned something about this person, so now I won't do it again. Yeah. But there are people that will continue to do it because they don't find that normal. They don't accept that person's experience. Now we go into more of an intentional. Manipulation. I am going to make that person appreciate and uh, appreciate a, a compliment.
8: Yeah. So as long as if we find out then that our complimenting somebody makes them not feel so great about themselves and then you apologize and never do it again. Um, you so... can then
0: go in and say, oh, that's interesting. I I haven't met someone who doesn't appreciate the compliment. Why do you think? Why do you think there is that you don't appreciate compliments?
8: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. So then it th- that would be a way of diminishing diminishing the manipulating the manipulation if we 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 did yeah. that all
0: because the time. Because now you're seeking to understand them instead of uh, controlling them.
8: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Thank you very much because I I I really find that very hard because I, I like I. I said I'm trying to be extremely open and I don't form an opinion of anybody before they let me know who they are. So but I if always, I, yeah. in, in, in doing that, if I'm making them feel manipulated, then I would like to apologize because I don't want to try to do that to anybody.
0: So I, I always have to check in with myself on Judgment, uh, you know, if I have an opinion about someone, and you know, I always check in with myself, what's my motivation for this opinion? And yeah. Really, you know, is it to to my benefit I'm having this opinion, or is it to their benefit? Why am I, you know, and always checking in and questioning kind of my motives. Because uh, yeah. judgment is uh, one of those uh, core woundings that I... I have to work through in myself Um, taking longer than I, I I would like it to, but (laughs) you know, some, some things uh, are tougher to dislodge than others.
8: Yeah, no, exactly. And, and that, that is what I find for myself because of the, my life up into a certain point um, was, you know, horrible. So I, I, I don't want, didn't want to be like, like say my mother for example or whatever um so then I tried I tried not to I don't want to be racist or prejudiced or segregating or labeling or you know like I don't think any of 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 that really matters because if we all were blind in in one minute none of those things really matter and then we truly get to know somebody you know for who they are and and um um, you know, so yeah, but I, I i never thought of the manipulation part before about you know if I'm trying to compliment somebody and then maybe I'm hurting them by doing that I, so I, I i'm I'm grateful for that because I just learned something new, so yeah, yeah thank it. you very much thank you,
1: hi, yes, I just want to quickly mention in terms of the influencing huh? um when it comes to influencing, like, especially what I've noticed in therapy, for example, you you don't get told what to do, what not to do, you get to lead therapy sessions, your own therapy session. And I've noticed that that is quite, um, quite insightful, actually, because therapists normally help you lead to your own answers. Rather than influencing you, like you should be doing this and you should be doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was absolutely amazing technique. Really.
0: Well, there is uh, there is this idea in modern psychotherapy, at least, that uh, the client brings their own resources, mm-hmm. and it's kind of the the revealing of those resources that is the therapy. So. Mm-hmm. So you guide them towards these resources, and that relationship absolutely is manipulative. You know, mm-hmm. I I am manipulating the conversation to for us to uh, or for you to discover something about yourself. Mm-hmm. But we are both there when you're looking at ethics in mm-hmm. uh, in the therapeutic relationship. You also have. Uh, there is this um, um, informed consent. So you go into the therapeutic relationship with the understanding that I am there to help guide you. And -hmm. therefore, I am there to help manipulate the conversation in a way that you will discover yourself.
1: Mm, Okay. So that's kind of like directional.
0: Yeah. So Um, it's, it's called informed consent, where the client consents because they've been informed of the process and therefore they consent to within the parameters of ethical boundaries of course mm-hmm. that we're going to go through this process in order for you to help uh, heal yourself
1: mm-hmm. okay so again that is a form of <laughs> influencing such it is
0: uh, a- yes and that's mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting that you bring it up because there is a perceived power in balance where you have the therapist as the kind of uh, superior and the client as a subordinate
1: mm-hmm. so it's
0: the skill of the therapist that keeps that relationship very equal mm-hmm. and to make sure that you can um, you feel in control of the process I'm just here to help help you guide you towards your um, so it's, it's that it's manipulation of the conversation, but that's similar to having an intellectual discourse with someone that doesn't necessarily needs to be that you're influencing each other. So when I'm, as a, as a therapist, I'm not there to impose my views on you,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? That would be me uh, manipulating you. I'm mm-hmm. there to help you understand yourself by uh, our conversation right
1: Mm, yeah yeah but yeah it is an
0: interesting uh it's an interesting uh, uh, uh kind of perspective to look at for sure
1: yeah definitely because i've come across two different types um i have actually come across the other type as well and for me that was quite um uncomfortable to the point where I then confronted and I said, right, this isn't for me. This kind of um the way it was going and I kinda had an idea it wasn't um like you said, directional in a healthy manner. Um so yeah. It just popped on my mind. So I thought I just Oh,
0: they're they're all sorts yeah. for sure.
1: <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I was I thinking
0: about Yeah. No the uh, thank you for that first. I appreciate that. That was a good one. Um, so I was thinking we could go through some ideas, how we can work through the process, how we can avoid um, and uh, ending up being either the perpetu- or the perpetrator or the victim. So some of the ideas I put together, Uh, was that, you know, having this self-awareness and ability to self-reflect, then we can constantly be aware of how we show up in interactions. Uh, You know, if you listen to Sonia Coquette talking about intuition, when she is standing on the plane to London, flying from Canada, and suddenly she has this intuitive feeling that they don't need to be they shouldn't be on that plane and she takes her whole family off the plane on an intuitive hunch so she had an experience within herself and uh, created this chaos for everybody in her family by taking them off the plane now the plane turned out they had to divert the plane and the plane actually never ended up in london so they would have missed their entire weekend in london Anyway, so the, it wasn't that something bad happened to the plane. It was just diverted, whether it was bad weather or whatever it was. But her hunch turned out to be true. So now being having those kind of boundaries to say, I trust my intuition, I trust my internal experience, and I am able to reflect on myself in the way that I can take that decision and be strong in that decision that takes quite the quite the uh, fortitude and kind of strength to make that decision i'm not sure i could make that standing there on the plane having paid all that money for all those tickets and dragging your family off the plane uh, that was going to go across the Atlantic. But that's that's part of the process of how we can avoid ending up in this situation of being a per- perpetrator or a victim of manipulation, is to be able to be strong in our own experience and in our, the belief in our own experience. And reassured that if I stand up for myself, nothing bad is gonna happen. I'm just gonna have a different type of experience. If I cave cave in, then I'm gonna have a, this type of experience, but if I stand strong, then I'm gonna have this experience. They're just different types of experiences. That's all it is. So boundaries are really key in this process of preventing ourselves from ending up in this the manipulative situation and having a deep level of self-assurance and self-love they all play into this idea of uh, having strong boundaries and understanding, uh, recognizing and understanding our boundaries and again boundaries are not about you know here but no further boundaries are about who am i what's my authenticity because then you are you have the strength And realizing that we are safe and we are secure, no matter what, we're just having different experiences, then we can feel strong enough to show up and say, no, I don't accept this. Like uh, Zora was saying before, no, I don't accept that lying is right. Guy got pissed off, got really angry with her, broke it off. So now she's having that experience. Right, so just different experiences. Now, of course, if you are already in a situation where you are either manipulating or mani- being manipulated, like I was saying before, question your motives, question what you're doing, and of course, if you are in a, an abusive situation, seek help. And sometimes you're so deep into it that you can't recognize that it is a manipulative situation. Then be sitting down and starting this process of building self-awareness and building self-reflection. This is something we we can all do anyway, because it is something that benefits us anyway, whether we think we might be in a manipulative situation or not i mean yes we live in society so yes we are being being manipulated one way or another by media or government or religion or you know whatever it is um and if someone has uh, is religious or believes in government or whatever that's your experience and i'm happy for you to have that but we also have to see what you know am i really who am i in this process um so once you can sit down and start reflecting on your own experience then you can start seeing is this something that resonates with me and if it's not then seek out that help from outside and if it's like you know really uh oppressive it can be i understand for some people it can be really difficult to uh, if you are being severely controlled you know find some way to uh, reach out to someone because it's not worth you sitting in that situation but yeah uh, as a manipulator you may want to or whether you're being the victim of manipulation constantly question your motives for doing things why am i caving under here is that for the uh, for my highest good in this particular situation uh, what am i learning from from this by caving in to this pressure or what can i learn from standing up for myself am i doing the am i actually seeking to be the best version of myself here and then constantly checking in with ourselves how do I feel about this? Does this resonate with me? Is this is, you know, authentically me. Am I coming from a place of fear? So if I'm acting out from the p- a place of fear, then oftentimes that's going to be where I start manipulating the environment around me. So how do I raise my uh, my uh, my uh, my frequency or my energy, it's by accepting whatever outcome there's going to be. Not trying to control the outcome, not you know having expectations on the outcome, but accepting it. So those are just some thoughts on how you can avoid ending up there and how you can kind of start discovering once you're in there. Just say thank you for showing up here with your beautiful energies. And thank you for joining us. And uh, uh, I wish you all a beautiful day. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks in uh, the next call. See you later. As you could hear, it's not always clear cut and uh, black and white. There are a lot of gray areas. And as we say, it's always comes back to the individual experience. So for you to reflect on your own experience and how your going into the relationship and also to uh, understand that you can't control whatever is outside of you. The only things that you can control are within you, your words, your thoughts, your actions. And in fact, it is when we try to exert control outside of us that we end up in a situation where we are manipulating others to try and control them and try to make them do what we want them to do to make ourselves feel better. If you would like to explore further how you show up in uh, your relationships and uh, in your reality, then uh, certainly visit us at thealchemyexperience.co.uk. Click on the uh, free 30-minute consultation to uh, Book a time with us and uh, so that we can have a chat and see if uh, we might be the place for you to explore that further and to help you understand how you show up in your life. In the meantime, I wish you all the best and I hope to see you back here at the Alchemy Experience Podcast very soon again. Take care now.